This is the MMA Takes Podcast with your host, Brian Petrie. Curtis did it. I told y'all. I've been telling you guys for a while that dude is a fucking problem. And he is. Chris Curtis, congratulations to my guy, uh, personal friend of the podcast. I used to train with him. I've told the story many times. Uh, good friend. I've had him on the podcast twice. Go back to the YouTubes, go back to the the channels and in 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 uh in uh, do yourself a favor and listen to it. Sorry, I just woke up from a nap. My brain is not firing. My Bengals lost today. I don't talk about losses, especially when we lose to Ohio rivals, uh, the Cleveland Clowns. I don't talk about it. You know, I don't talk about it. We're on to next week, which is a bye, which is exactly what we need. But I don't talk about it. I talk about my, I talk about my W's, and I had some W's last night uh, on the betting side of things. We cashed out on uh, on on certain things, and guess what? Chris Curtis won. Um, I'm so happy. I'm so fucking thrilled for the guy. Listen, it's been a long time coming. Long time coming. And he makes his uh, debut up a weight class. I know he has fought at 85 before, but he's not a big guy. He's a 170. Fought at 185 against a Phil Hawes, who is a, he's not tall, but he's a very thick uh, 185er. And was a huge underdog, was losing that first round, and then just comes out with a knockout victory. Unbelievable. Plus 265 underdog hit. We'll go through the betting recap. We'll go through the everything. But it's going to be a lot of heavy me being proud of Chris talk, you know, because I've said this a million times. I've told everyone that listened, you know, when, when I was there and, and there was a bunch of guys in the gym that all were either with strike force going to the UFC uh, trying out for the uh, the ultimate fighter, what have you. Um, three, four fight pro Chris Curtis, I thought was going to be the best of them all. Took a long journey to get there. I think he got screwed over a few times. Uh, obviously, the contender series was, was ridiculous. Um, it was so nice seeing the support he got from journalists, from cappers, from people who know Chris, who, who betted him, who knew Oh, you can't. I mean, this isn't this isn't your regular debut here. This is a guy who's got some wins. He's got some belts outside the UFC. Uh, be honest, I didn't love the matchup, obviously with Full Hoss, but we got it done. Again, we'll break down the whole card. It was absolutely insane. Back to back weeks where us MMA fans are spoiled with just an incredible events back to back. I loved it. I loved every single one of them. Last week I gave it a four point seven out of five. This one a four point eight out of five. Gaethje Chandler was absolutely nuts. I had a nice little winning weekend. We'll go over the betting recap right now. Slimeball parlay. We went big on it, boys. We went big. We went five units, only on two plays. It came out as uh, minus 149 on Bet MMA tips. It's minus 150, but I got it at minus 149 or maybe 147. I think it was 149. Doesn't matter. Anyway, five units on Usman and Ian Gary to win. Cashed on that. And then we had Rose Amunis, uh, 0.6 units, 0.8 units, excuse me, 80 bucks uh, at a plus 103 number. That cash, Billy Quartilla, we missed 0.4 units. That was plus 164. One big unit on Chris Curtis at plus 265. Cash that. That was beautiful. The square pick parlay, which, you know, if, if, you're, if you're not betting like a square and these squares are winning, then, I mean, you got to join them at some point. So I went... Alex Pereira versus Andre Michaelidis by KO. Uh, Pereira by KO, that is. That was minus 125. That not cashed. And then I had Ali Quinta versus Bobby Green. Fight goes to the decision. I mean, we'll go over that fight. But who's, who saw that coming? Right? That was minus 350 for that fight not to go to the decision. Who, who saw that coming? That was plus 131 uh, at one unit. Missed on that. I finally hit a fucking prop. I got off my prop. Schnod here. Uh, after I saw John Blonte weigh in, I said, okay, Barnett's going to finish this guy. I didn't know it was going to be the style points that he did. I just figured Volante was just going to fall over and then have his ass crack hanging out uh, after he fell over because he looked in the worst shape ever. He showed up for a paycheck. Um, and uh, I, I landed that at plus 240.4 units on that. And then I missed on Chris Curtis. My guy, 0.22 units, 22 bucks. Um, I had him third round knockout at 
30 to 1, essentially. Missed on the third round knockout, but we got the important win. One unit at plus 265. I'm up 6.15 units on the night. I put a lot in with that with that parlay, with that slime ball. I know it was only two pieces. I usually give out three, but I usually go two or three units. I usually don't go crazy, crazy. This is a big unit play because Usman's my guy. Um, and Ian Gary, who I was very confident in. Uh, yeah, so five units we cashed out. I loved it. Made me a little nervous in the Ian Gary fight because he didn't come out the way I thought he was going to come out, but we got it done. Usman, obviously, and Colby was was a great main event, and that's where we're going to stop. We're going to start there. Work away from there to the bottom, all right? Get a little caffeine flowing. Just woke up from a gorgeous nap. Not really that gorgeous. I dreamt about the Bengals. I took a nap to get away from the Bengals, and I had a dream about the Bengals. So... They're my, they're my fucking dreams now, guys. Um, Lebanon, <clears throat> what happened to my voice there? Take two, take two, excuse me, take two, 11 and three on my picks. Ooh, that's pretty good. And your boy is the pick'em champion right now. I'm strapped up. I got the strap. I'm strapped up right now. Uh, smoked Tim and, and uh, Christian. Christian had it for two weeks. Feels like Tim's always the champion. But I got it now. And I tell you what, Chris Curtis went in that fight, did not hurt. He was my dog lock. He was plus 265, and I'm the only one that fucking picked him. You know, we got two guys on the show who are my good buddies, you know, and I've been, been pounding this Chris drum for my, you know, ever since I've met them. Now I, they're probably like, shut up about it already. God, we get it. You know the guy. And they pick opposite him. So that serves them right to lose. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm glad they picked how they felt. I'm glad they didn't cater to me. They thought Hawes uh, had the advantage. And uh, I thought he did in some aspects. But I kind of saw the fight going the, the way it went. But we'll get to that fight. Let's go Colby Usman uh, main event. The rematch um, wasn't as exciting as the first fight. But it was exciting. A little bit more drama. So I was very critical of Colby's performance uh, in this fight. I thought the patience was was okay. So like, let's just say, let's just let's use percentages. So the first fight he was at a hundred percent. This fight I felt like he was at about thirty percent, like with his activity. Right. I wanted him around sixty percent. Not I didn't want him throwing as much as he did in the first fight. But Kamaro's hittable. Kamaro has proven to be hittable. Colby Lane had some good shots in this fight. He was trying to pick his shots more than throw, but he's not a power puncher. So you kind of have to throw more volume when you're not a power puncher. And I feel like Colby was a little too patient at times where he could have really set the tone here. It looked like he went to wrestle more, which I, which I liked. I mean, he didn't really get successful, even though there was that one takedown that people were to, he didn't get credit for it, but DC said it was a takedown. Listen, if DC said it was a takedown, it's a takedown. Kamaro's knees hit the mat. I think that's a takedown. Uh, I mean, it was it was a quick get up. I mean, I don't feel like you win the round from that takedown, but as a statistic, I think it's a takedown. And this is coming from a Usman guy, but I just saw Colby had a weird game plan. I thought the first fight he was doing well, and I feel like you you clean up some defensive stuff, you mix up your wrestling, and you dial it back a little bit, and that's a game plan that you should have had for this fight. This fight, you stayed back a lot, you let Kamara walk you down. You got dropped twice in that second round. With some people thought it was a ten eight. I didn't think it was a ten eight. Aya Kamara went in one, two, and five. I thought Colby rebounded really well in round three. Round three could have been Kamaro's. That was a close round. Round four I thought was Colby's, and then round five I thought was Kamaro's myself. Um, Colby was landing good strikes. Kamaro got a little sloppy in there for my liking. Kamaro gets a four. Colby gets a two. Uh, I just didn't like Colby's. Performance. Some people were making arguments that he won. I don't think he won the fight, but um, it was close. Like it was definitely close. I, I feel like some people could have had it two two going into the fifth for sure. Again, just like the last fight, Kamara won the first two. Some people gave him a ten eight in that second round. I don't remember the judges' scorecards. I don't think any of the judges gave him uh, a ten eight for that 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 second round. I mean, it was it was a big round for Kamara, but I mean, I, I don't think it was it was it was a ten, it warranted a ten eight. But what do I know? I'm a bad judge. But uh, <clears throat> Kamaro, listen, he looked good. He didn't look great, in my opinion. Colby is always going to be a tough matchup. His wrestling defense looked on point. His hips, everything looked super strong. Colby took some good shots, some shots that would get other people down, no question about it. Um, but Kamaro's 
he got wild in there, and there was times where he wouldn't pick his head up. He would just sit there in the pocket and throw and throw, and his head would be, like, down. And if he was in there with a really lethal striker, because Colby's not, he could have he could have been really hurt in there. Kamaru needs to be a little bit more defensive-minded. And then after watching what Canelo did to carry the plant, and Kamaru was kind of talking about wanting to box Canelo, <laughs> hey man, listen, Kamar, I love you. You had, uh, you're, you're my guy. You're one of the greatest welterweights of all time. I don't know if I'm willing to say you're better than GSP, you know, because GSP was was something really, really special. You're a special fighter too, but GSP was exceptional. Um, so I don't know if I'm ready to go that. You're definitely number two welterweight of all time uh, in my list. But buddy, you ain't you ain't fucking with Canelo. You ain't let Canelo come to MMA and then and then we'll talk. But you go in the box, Canelo, man. Canelo's a freak, and you looked sloppy in there, Colby. Colby, and you had a nice little battle in the striking. I I, I think the um, the strike totals were very very similar. You know, you you gotta really be. I know you want to challenge yourself, and you're that's all you've been talking about is you know you want big fights, you want challenges, but. Let's not, let's not, let's not, that's not a challenge we want right now because Canelo's a different fucking dude. Okay. But, um, listen, I thought Kamaru did, did a good job stopping the takedowns. I thought his striking was off a little bit. He looked a little sloppy in there. It looked like he was relying too much on his power, right? He did clip Colby in that second round twice. And then it looked like he went headhunt for a little bit. I think maybe that's why he dropped his head in those exchanges because he thought he could, he could land another big shot on Colby. Um, I, I wanted to see more of the jab. I wanted to see more of the straight right hand, but, um, I thought Kamara just looked okay. Uh, listen, he went four or five hard rounds with his, probably his toughest opponent in this division, uh, currently. And, uh, you know, he won the fight. He won the fight again. He beat his nemesis or whatever. And it was a clean performance. He knocked him out. He didn't get hurt, you know, whatever. He might've got stung in there, but it wasn't, you know, it wasn't like he got hurt. Like Colby got hurt. Um, but it was a fun fight. It was a good, it was a good back and forth. Um, yeah, that was that's my that's my take on it. Uh, it was good. The first fight was better for sure. We all were on Usman. Um, I was. He was my final leg in the slime ball. So thank you, Kamaru. Co-main event: Rosam Yunus versus Wei Li Zhang. Split decision win. Um, I can see that. Me and my uh, my buddy Steve, who were watching the fights together, he he was kind of leaning Wei Li. He was he thought it was really close. I don't know if he officially gave a scorecard, but he was definitely leaning Wei Li. I can see how some people thought Wei Li was maybe three to two. Um, someone had it 49, 46 rows. Is that what someone had? Which I think is, is insulting. I think that's a crazy scorecard. I personally, myself had Rose winning. Um, some of the wrestling exchanges that Whaley did, I, I don't think were, um, uh, in the earlier rounds, I don't think were, she didn't really do anything with them, but Rose did with the ones in, in later. I liked how they both mixed up. Whaley went to Cejudo's, got some grappling on her belt, and then Rose has good grappling. She's crafty off her back, nice up kicks, and then she's like, "Oh fuck it, I'm gonna start landing some stuff on the front because the distance on the striking was actually really, really uh, comparable." Uh, Rose likes to stay at a distance, throw some kicks, throw her hands, but every time she kind of stepped in the range to land those shots, Whaley's so fast and powerful. She buzzed Rose with a left hook early in the fight, and she was landing shots on Rose. And the, the Rose's strikes, usually she she hurts people because she's a finisher. She does hit hard. Usually her strikes hurt other fighters. It really wasn't hurting Wei Lee this time. You know, Wei Lee's a little fucking tank and was taking it. So it was a nice strategy mix-up of Rose going for takedowns, putting Wei Lee on her back where she just isn't uh, great off her back. Uh, I mean, she's okay, but Rose is, is really good jiu-jitsu, really good on top, and then Wei Lee... And that fifth round just kind of stayed there. Bad optics, I guess. I had Rose 3-2. It was a very close fight, though. Um, good for Rose. Good for Wei Li. I think Wei Li, I mean, I don't know if these girls are ever going to fight again because it's it's 0-2 now. But, I mean, listen, this division is pretty stacked at 115. Wei Li goes out there and gets really impressive wins. Maybe we can see a, three, uh, a third fight. They could probably sell that. Um, but, uh... Yeah, Rose looked okay. Let me see. This is my star system. So Rose got a three, Wei Lee got a two. Pretty comparable, pretty average, right? I, I wish Wei Lee did a little bit more on the feet. I felt like she was a little too timid on the feet, a little too worried about what Rose was going to do and not enough what she was going to do. Um, and I, I feel like that was her detriment. I feel like she needed to be a little more confident in her feet. Maybe uh, on the feet, maybe she was just a little scared because she got knocked out. She didn't want to get knocked out again. Felt like she maybe played it safe a little bit. Regardless, good fight, good co-main event. I had Rose winning. I don't think there was 
too much controversy. I wasn't on Twitter much. I don't know if, if anybody really threw a shit. A lot of cappers were in their feelings. Again, a lot of cappers were down big this event and just like, okay, all right, no big deal. I'm going to be okay. Let me regroup. Let me do it. And it's like they're giving themselves like these tweets like they just like lost a fight. It's like, guys, I mean, listen, I don't want to make fun of anybody for losing money. And a lot of these people that I'm talking about probably do it for their living. So, again, that's taking food out of their mouths. I don't want to do that. And, and it definitely sucks when you lose, but it's really funny reading these tweets. Like, if you had no context to some of these tweets, it is hilarious to read this. And you're thinking, oh, my God, something fucking horrible happened to this person. Yeah, he lost a couple hundred bucks because, you know, fights didn't go his way. You know what I mean? It's just, and this is a guy sitting six units up right now. I'm sitting pretty. I can make these jokes. I'm I'm on fire right now, but uh, not really. I, I just started to heat up, but um, seeing the board well, seeing the board well. But it's funny because it's like these guys obviously know a lot about MMA. And they're like, my four picks were winning until they lost. And it's like, well, yeah, that's what happens. Like Frankie Edgar, like no one watching that Frankie Edgar fight was felt safe if they had a Frankie Edgar ticket. I mean, Marlon Bear, after that first round, Marlon Bear was stalking him. It was only a matter of time Frankie got touched with something, right? I mean, I, I've watched MMA long enough to know that if you have a Frankie ticket, you better be on your hands and knees with your fucking magic crystals, rubbing them together with your rabbit foot and dream catcher, whatever the fuck you got, they bring you good luck because the momentum of that fight was completely shifting. And it was only a matter of time before Marlon landed something. I didn't know if he could knock him out or nothing, but he was definitely going to hurt Frankie with something. Frankie was running for his life in that third round. And you look at Ian Gary and Jordan Williams. Jordan Williams was kind of the underdog darling for a lot of people this week. Big number, I get it. Ian Gary, unproven, 7-0. People want to fade the Google, you know, want to fade the, the prospect, the guys I get googly-eyed for. But it's like it, the, the first round, yeah, he was winning, but it wasn't like a domination. I mean, Jordan Williams was slowing down and really Ian Gary just didn't do much, right? He was just moving and defending a few takedowns and just wouldn't let his hands go. And then finally with his hands go, he knocked him out. Like, what I mean, what are we talking here? The Alex Pereira, the same thing. Michaelidis was just trying to wrestle him and, and Pereira was defending. And then I just, I always got the sense that if Pereira just went out and landed anything, he's going to knock him out. And that's exactly what happened. It just, it's funny seeing people try to reason with the fact that that they lost money and it's okay. Listen, um, you take shot on dogs, right? You make your reads and, and there's no shame in that. But when you go to Twitter and you're like, you know, like I'm waiting for a, a, a capper, a guy that, you know, cause these cappers charge money for picks, which I don't do. Um, I, I still don't know how you, you get anybody buying your picks when you're so, negative and mopey on uh on twitter after a night like this like how do you get to feel confident next week when you're just you're down 20 units or whatever like it has to be a free week next week if someone if if you're a tout and someone's paying you it has to be a free week i don't know how it works but i love i, I i'm gonna freak the fuck out i don't love i'm gonna freak out because <clears throat> these cats some of these and, and by the way the two that i'm referring to i don't follow it was liked by people I follow. I've seen their names before, but it, you know what I mean? They're, they're in the business. I just don't follow them on Twitter, but, um, it, I, it, I'm going to lose it. I'll lose it. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'm going to say something to them a hundred percent. If, and, and this is me being exact, but if these cappers have a really bad weekend, like 20 units down or whatever the fuck. Right. And they started go fund me, you know what I mean? Like, Hey guys, I've given you fire picks for like months now. And you know, my fucking wells run dry. It'd be pretty cool. If you know, you hit this go fund me so I can get back to those fire picks. Like if that happens, like I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to drive to this person's house and slap them in the face. That's, that's my promise to you. That is ridiculous. And that's just me making up a scenario. This has never happened before. I it just popped in my head. I thought it was funny, but don't fucking put it past somebody. That the, These motherfuckers might do that. Uh, next up, Marlon Vera was Frank Yeager. Fright we were just talking about. Uh, Marlon Vera gets a three. Frank Yeager gets a two. Marlon just needs to throw more. He's going to lose the first round every time. That's what Marlon Vera does. He got taken down. He's pretty active off his back. Frank Yeager is really good on top, ground and pound. 
Uh, Marlon got a few elbows in from the bottom. He's being very active. Clearly a Frankie round. Second round could have been a Frankie round. I thought second round was very competitive, but Marlon was just running him down. But he wasn't throwing enough. I kept, I kept screaming, throw something. Like Frankie would split with his little punches and then circle, circle, do foot. Mm, Marvin's on him. And Marvin's standing in front of him and he's throwing little body kicks, right? Little front kicks to the body and not really letting his hands go. And it's like, all you got to do at this point with Frankie Edgar when he gets later in the fight like this, and it's unfortunate because I love Frankie Edgar, but you just got to touch him on the chin. It doesn't have to be anything big. There was like that weird elbow where he slipped and I thought he got dropped by an elbow, but they looked at replay. He didn't get hit with anything. And, you know, so um, in that third round, finally, those those front kicks to the body, he went up top and slapped Frankie. It, it was a beautiful adjustment of Vera. Vera's cardio is next level because he was running Frankie down in this fight. And during the post fight, Dean looked like he was sweating. And, you know, uh, yeah, Dean looked like he was sweating, wasn't out of breath. He went three hard rounds. I mean, he didn't finish the fourth round or the third round, but he went three hard rounds with Frankie Edgar. Lost the first one. Second one, I mean, you could give it to Frankie. I thought it was competitive. And then that third one, he was just stalking Frankie. Stopped a few takedowns, key takedowns, kept on the feet, and then up kicked Frankie. Frankie was complaining about something. Not really sure what he was complaining about, but, uh, yeah, he was out. My man was out there. Um, it's sad to see Frankie. You know, he doesn't want anyone to bring up retirement around him. But, you know, he looked in phenomenal shape, but it's that, that chin's just gone. It is. I mean, I think Frankie, the competitor, Frankie, he clearly wants to compete still. But you got you got kids. You got a wife. I think you've made enough money. Um, I think it's time for you to maybe transition to, like, some grappling or something, like Submission Underground or something like that. Like, you are a good grappler um, because I, I just don't want to see him get knocked out. His chin is, I mean... A couple people threw out the word chinny to Kamar Usman, which I thought was weird because he got hit with Colby and got buzzed a little bit or or took a clean shot. Kamar Usman, first off, didn't get rocked once. He didn't get, you know, fucking pothole legged or anything. So calling him chinny's disrespectful compared to a guy like Frank Yeager, who is the definition of chinny at this point. He's been in so many wars and a guy who always battled back. He just he just can't take it anymore. So I know he wants to keep fighting. I know he's tough as shit, but Frank, please think about some grappling or something like that. You got some kids, you got a wife and stuff, and you just can't, you just can't get touched anymore. Then it's over. And, 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 uh, you know, I know he's only been knocked out by like the elite and the vision, but I mean, what he, he's still talking about the title or something like that. That's what in the post fight, he said, you still chase. I don't know. Get this. Yeah. I don't know. Shane Burgers was Billy Quarantillo. Awesome fight. I saw some controversy on this. Some people were trying to spin it that Corantillo won this fight. I thought Shane Burgos won this fight pretty easy. And this is a guy who had money on Corantillo. Um, fun fight. If this didn't follow Gaethje Chandler, this could have been fight of the night and the crowd would have been way more into it. This was an absolute fucking brawl. Um, let's see what I gave the boys here. Uh, three and three. Um, kind of a weird scorecard. Again, I give these the night up. I, I, I figured I'd give them both fours. Both... Listen, Shane Berger showed his toughness, took a lot of big shots. Quarantillo doesn't have, like, the biggest power in the world, but show good cardio, showed his chin, is okay after getting knocked out by uh, Bur- um, Barboza, which scared me. Shane's from New York. He wasn't going to lose. Uh, Quarantillo's from New York as well. Um, but, you know, lives in Tampa, so some of the New Yorkers might not like that. Uh, Quarantillo, though, showed next next level toughness. His leg was gone. He got drop foot. His his calf was completely gone, and he still fought. Didn't give up. Didn't quit. Took big shots to the body, to the head. Everything was getting beat up in there. Still firing back. Next level toughness for this guy. I mean, couldn't have been more impressed with his toughness. Shane Burgos as well. Kid is absolutely nails. I want to see Burgos at 55, and I want to see Burgos work his defense a little bit. He likes to roll with punches. Some of the punches look worse than they are. His chin is good. Like, he's been knocked out before, so it's hard to say, like, oh, he's got a great chin. But he gets hit so much that it's like the hundredth strike he finally gets shut off. Like, let's work on that defense where you don't reach 100 strikes, right? I think this, like, broke the record for three-round fight of most significant strikes. Let's not be in those fights, Shane Burgos. Let's save that brain because... You, you are big, 445. I think you can be big at 55. You're going to have the speed advantage. You have good wrestling. You shut Quarantillo's wrestling down. Your cardio is somehow impressive for being so fucking huge at 45, making that weight cut. And you have good boxing. Your power's okay. It's not like world-class power. It's getting there, but it's okay. I think that might have to do with the weight cut. 
Um, but let's just work on that fucking defense, dude. I know you like to be in these scraps and these wars and stuff, but fuck, man, let's let's put the hands up. And then Gaethje Chandler, I mean, I, I think it goes without saying that both guys. Number five, star man! Number five, star man! Had to play it twice. Both five star men. What a five star fight. Unfucking believable. The heart that Michael Chandler showed, the composure that Gaethje showed. I mean, it's unbelievable. Michael Chandler reached a point in this fight where he was just like, I'm not getting knocked out. His face was a mess. His leg was a mess. Uh, Justin Gaethje, I thought, fought a dumb fight. I thought Justin Gaethje would fight a smarter fight, but he gets in there and some of these guys fucking bring it out of him. And Michael Chandler brought it out of him. And this was something I thought would definitely end. I did not think this going three rounds. I I stayed away from this fight. I picked Gaethje, but I stayed away from this fight betting-wise because... I just want to enjoy it. I don't want to have any money on either side. I just really want to enjoy it. I thought Justin Gaethje had the better power, and I thought he might have been a little bit more durable. But, man, Michael Chandler took some big shots, was pointing at people in the crowd, was walking down with his hands down. He got dropped. Gaethje got wobbled in that first round. Like, it was unbelievable. And on top of that, let's not forget, it was a pretty pretty fucking close fight. I mean, the first round was so back and forth, but I think Chandler hurt him more and then Gaethje put him on his butt in the second round with that fucking giant uppercut. Um, Michael Chandler landed that awesome slam where Gaethje like front flipped out of. Like it was a fucking nuts fight. It was everything people thought it was going to be and more. It was insane. I loved every second of it. Didn't want to end. It was it was unbelievable. Michael Chandler's one and two in the UFC, and that's like the craziest one and two ever. So he not he knocks out Dan Hooker with basically one punch. Fights for the title against Charles Oliveira. 10-8's the current champion in the first round. Gets caught in the second round. Then goes to war with Gaethje. Shows his toughness. Shows his heart. His next level heart. I mean, not only was his face fucked up. Not only was he getting hit a lot. His leg was completely compromised. Um, and and I think Chandler could have maybe won this fight. Because, again, I thought it was close. I thought maybe you could make the argument 1-1 going into the third. In the third round, Chandler did the goofy put his hands down shit. And Gaethje was teeing off on him. Uh, Justin Gaethje, next level toughness, though, man. This is this is a, a good turning point in his career where if you look at fights, I mean, he's been rocked in fights before, but in the high-level m- moments, like Eddie Alvarez in the, in the Poirier fights, fights where I thought he was winning. The Eddie fight was a little bit closer. I did think he was winning the Poirier fight when they fought, but he eventually got caught and got rocked and couldn't recover. He got caught bad in this fight with a huge right hand, got shook, went to the cage, fired off, and then and slowly recovered. Um, so his recoverability and just being able to stay in it mentally was uh, was huge for Gaethje. I think that's a hurdle that is, is going to help him coming uh, down to the future. And, and I like his call out. He said he'll fight Oliveira in fucking Brazil, he'll fight Poirier in Louisiana. I want... Poirier to win. I want to see a Gaethje Poirier rematch. Um, I think that's awesome. I think Michael Chandler now fights Islam. I think that's the fight you make. I'm not a great matchmaker after the fight, but Michael Chandler Islam is fun. Michael Chandler can wrestle. Uh, and I want to see how good Islam is. And this is a really good benchmark how good Islam is. Uh, we all know he's good, but Michael Chandler's a fun fight because Chandler's got one punch knockout power, has a great wrestling background, and uh, I want to see that. Can't talk highly about this fight. Unbelievable. What a smart move. And, and listen, it wasn't the UFC. It was the fact that Trevor Whitman couldn't do back-to-back-to-back fights. So they moved it for the opening card. Whitman went 3-0, by the way. Um, unbelievable coaching by that guy. And uh, what a way to kick off the card. I think they're going to do this more. They're going to put these no-doubt bangers. Kick, I mean, not every fight is going to be Justin Gaethje versus Michael Chandler. But they're going to put these no-doubt bangers on the first fights of the night moving forward because that that lit that pay-per-view off and it was it was incredible. Uh next up Alex Pereira versus Andre Michalidis. Let's see what I got here for these boys. Uh Michalidis got a one. Uh Pereira got a four. Not a five-star performance, but I'll tell you what, I was impressed by this takedown defense. This takedown defense and, and the fact that uh Michalidis who's who's dog shit at takedowns. That's why he got a one. You know, he's not a takedown artist, but he was trying to take down Pereira. He obviously trained takedowns for this fight. He wasn't knew he wasn't going to stand up with Pereira, but Pereira defended well. He got taken down, worked back to his feet, got his back taken, broke the hands. He did everything right and stayed calm and then wasn't gassed. A lot of these kickboxers, 
A lot of them know when they go into MMA, oh, well, I'm going to get fucking taken down. I'm going to get taken down. But they don't work on it, right? They don't work on that cardio. It takes a while to build up that grappler's cardio. You get your fucking muscles filled with blood and they get super heavy and it's hard to strike that way. It looks like Pereira, since he's training out of Danbury, Connecticut with Glover Teixeira, looks like he's been training grappling. He did not look like a fish out of water. Obviously, that's going to be probably his Achilles heel moving forward is everyone's going to want to take him down, but his striking is, is he looks so fluid in there and that flying knee, the, the, the knee that knocked him out. I mean, I didn't even see coming. I didn't even see him set it up. He just jumped, boom, switched knee, knocked him out, finished him on the ground, like crazy stuff. This guy's got some fucking power. He's 34. He's 4-1. and one. He's got two wins over Izzy in, 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 in uh, kickboxing. 185 is a little weak at the top, in my opinion. The UFC has got to do this smart. They got to give him some smart guys here. Don't give him like a Duran win, I saw someone say. A guy who's just going to straight wrestle this guy. Yes, and eventually you're going to have to give him a grappler and see what he can do. But not right away. Let's have some fun. Let's have this dude start standing up with people because this guy could be a star. Hopefully, he learns English a little bit. He could be a star because he's a nasty prick in there. He's fucking mean. He's tough. He's got a good look to him, and he can go up to 205. He's big enough. He's 6'4". He's leaned out. You know, he fought up a weight class in kickboxing, too. He can do both weight classes. There's something here for this kid. Move him along slow. Let's avoid these fucking all-American wrestlers for right now, okay? Let's give them the Andres, Andreas Michaeliduses of the world, okay? Move them along slow. Imanov, I know that's a huge jump up, but, boy, is he a 70 or is, is he, well, no, he's 85. Yeah, Imanov is, is a fun fight because that's a good striker as well. All right, next up, Bobby Reamers, Ali Quinta. The biggest shock tonight, Ali Quinta, go back to sound houses. You get a zero. Bobby Green gets a four. I like Bobby Green. I was on out the Ali Quinta side. I thought he would squeak out a decision here. It's New York. I thought he, you know, he's a tough dude. He doesn't really get finished. Um, I thought he's going to squeak. It, well, he doesn't get knocked out. I thought he's going to squeak out a decision here. Bobby Green hasn't had a finish since 2013, and it was a weird, like, body kick where James Krause kept saying he get, was getting hit in the nuts, and the ref just called it. Um 2013 since Bobby Green has finished anybody. Ali Quinta, tough as nails, has that stupid fucking blowout haircut. You know, it's been in there with everyone and taking everyone's best shot. Hasn't been finished and however with strikes. And Bobby Green finished him with strikes. Fucks my parlay up. Ow, ow, ow. Listen, I mean, look, we, we've known uh, fans who follow the sport have known that Al has just hasn't been into it. He wants to be paid more. He doesn't think, you know, what he puts in is what he, you know, he deserves more. And and he's been real bitter about that. And, and he's, that's why he's been two years off and he gets injured a lot. And he's, and he's aggravated with injuries. They're coming to New York. They're getting a guy like Bobby Green, which is a good matchup for him. He gets fucking put out. That's what happens when you don't take this sport seriously and you're bitter all the time. You get a guy like Bobby Green who's always fighting, who's complete, always active, always in the gym. He is slick with his boxing, doesn't have the biggest power in the world, but you know what? You don't need it when you fight a guy who's unmotivated and doesn't want to be in there. So I'm sure Al's going to go to Twitter and complain about he didn't get, you know, I got knocked out in round one because, you know, the UFC was only paying me this and this and this or whatever. I'm sure there's some complaints lined up. He looked like complete dog shit. I think he should retire. He's got a decent name in the UFC because he fought Khabib before and he, and he likes to run his mouth. He's got a good win over Kevin Lee. But at this point, we don't need him. You know, we as me, the fans, we don't fucking need him. Fuck this guy. Let him go sell houses and, and man talking or whatever the fuck. I don't care. Go sell houses, right? It doesn't. It's not going to bother me if I never see Ally Quinta fight again. Feels like he's like doing us a favor when he goes and fights. Like I don't give a shit, dude. Right? You just got put out in the first round. I didn't think I was going to go that hard on Ally Quinta if I'm being honest with you, but I kind of did. So uh, fuck you out. All right, the 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 Brian Petrie main event here. Let me take a drink. Chris Curtis, my guy versus Phil Hawes. Ugh. Chris gets a five. A five Chris could have got knocked out in round one when we got a five. Um, that, I'm just going to be real with you. Phil Hawes gets a two. Um, so kind of how I thought the fight would go. Phil didn't really commit on takedowns. He went for like two or three takedowns where Chris shrugged off, but it wasn't like fully commits. I think he was just mixing it up. Phil was excited to go out there and strike with Chris, right? Chris is a good counter striker. He's not the biggest puncher in the world. Chris isn't. He's got really good accuracy. He has good counters. 
but he's not like a one touch guy. It's usually I'm going to wear you down with the body. I'm going to mix it up and then I'm going to go to your head and I'm going to kill the body, kill the head. And I'm going to get you out of there late. That's his style. If you look at his fight record, that's what he does. I mean, he has first round finishes, you know, uh, he definitely has some power that can do it, but Oh, there's dog barking. Um, but that's usually not his game, right? And then he came out stuck in mud. He was, I haven't talked to him yet. I, I you know, he's getting bombarded with messages, but I'm going to get to the bottom of it because to me, it looked like he was stuck in mud a little bit. Maybe some UFC jitters. Maybe there was um, like a little bit in there where, you know, uh, he was just kind of like, okay, I'm here, I'm here. And he just couldn't get going. Sean Strickland's yelling at him in the corner because Sean has cornered him his last however many fights and knows this guy needs he needs to fight better. And Phil was teeing off on him. Phil's a big 185er with some power. You know, Phil landed a clean right hand on Chris. Um, didn't really stun Chris, but he definitely, it was, a, it was a good right hand. The body kicks were adding up. That was hurting Chris. That was worrying me. He was standing right in front of him. Chris isn't the biggest kicker in the world. He does have some really good uh, movement with his feet. He likes standing in front of guys because he, he does have some good boxing reads. Uh, his vision's great, right? His defense is good. He's he is he's not the easiest person to hit. Um, and I just think he felt Phil's power a little bit. And then with the bright lights of the UFC, I felt like he kind of was like, oh, okay, shit. Like, I'm in mud here. I need to get moving. I need to get moving. And I think if he would have went back to the corner, Sean would have woke him up a little bit. And his corner would have been like, you got to fucking move your feet a little bit. You can't stand in front of this guy. You got to throw your kicks. You got to throw. He doesn't throw a ton of kicks, but he threw a good body kick. You got to kick, move, get out of this guy's way, slow him down a little bit, make him chase you, make him come to you, and, and make him wrestle. Because it sounds like he didn't want to wrestle, right? Because he was tired, afraid of getting tired. That's kind of Phil Hall's MO. He's going to get tired. Well, Phil got overly confident and just ran into a left hand. You know, Chris dipped his head off the, off the center line, threw a left hand, hit him right in the chin. Phil wobbled. Chris went in, calculated, threw a left hand that didn't really, that didn't really land. They clinched up. And then fucking knee to the solar plexus and another like right or left hand. And then and Phil flopped over. I think that knee right in the middle hurt his body. And then Chris finished. It was absolutely fucking beautiful. I screamed like I've never screamed before. I went absolutely ballistic. I'm the guy. The guy's done so much and, and has been in the sport for so long. He's never had a job. You know what I mean? He he became a father of a, a, a of a kid that biologically isn't his, but he's still the father to this day because he was dating the mother and the, the real dad was not around and not going to be around. So he took on that responsibility at a young age, took the bus to the gym, slept at the gym. I've seen this guy cut 20-something pounds in like three days to make a fight, uh, was like the best teammate there, always showed up, always cornered people when they needed at like local fights, like just a real fucking good dude that, Finally got a shot and he capitalized on. It. I was getting a little worried in that first round because he wasn't moving, he wasn't acting like himself. Looked a little nervous in the intros as well. Usually he's smiling, right? He's got a good personality. Um, he just maybe was was super laser focused, or the, the bright lights got to him a little bit. I don't know, but it doesn't matter because he finally settled in there and he's been doing this for 15 years. And the 15 years of training and everything he's ever done was like boom and I kept screaming throw that left hand he's got a great straight left hand it was more of a it was more of a uh, a left like overhand that kind of got Phil on the chin but he wasn't throwing really much of anything and then I, I was really going to be interested to see in that second round um, what adjustments he made didn't need it didn't fucking need it was losing the entire time came back Phil Hawes is a chinny motherfucker guys got some chin issues got some cardio issues and uh, he ran. He ran into Chris, who don't have. He doesn't have either of those things. Chris does not have a chin issue. He doesn't have a cardio issue. And uh, landed a perfect punch and took him out. Now I want Chris at seventy. Get him down to seventy. That's his weight class. Um, <clears throat> I know he's getting a little older. And this is Chris's. The words from Chris's mouth a few years ago was he was going to go to eighty five just because of his age. I think he. That's a bad idea because eighty five is a bunch of fucking monsters. Um, he's he's not a tall guy, but I would like. I would like to see him at uh, 70. I think 70 is his weight class. I think 70 is a bunch of sharks. I'd like to see it, but couldn't be happy for the guy. Chris Curtis, my guy, number one on my guys list, finally made it. Couldn't be happier for him. I see all the love he's getting, whether it's Instagram, on Twitter, from writers and everything. I just, it's awesome. It's a, it's a fucking awesome, awesome thing. So uh, awesome. Good job, Chris. Nasruddin Imanov versus Edmund Shabazi and fun fight here. Fun fight. I uh, I forgot this ended in the, uh, th this was a finish by Imanov. I thought this went to a decision for some reason. 
Uh, I gave Imanov. Let me see what I gave him here. I gave him. A, I gave him a three. I gave Edmund a one. Imanov should definitely get a four or five. I had to. Uh, I ordered DoorDash. I ordered wings for me and, and my buddy. And I accidentally. I was at his house and it got delivered to my house. So I had to go get that while this fight was on. So maybe that's why I forget. But listen, Edmund needs to get a new manager. He's going to do something. He's getting fed in there with some sharks. But with that being said, he didn't look great in there. He's a stand-up guy. He's a, he's a power guy. It didn't really look like in the first round. Kind of kind of was slow, right, in that first round, and, and it just was unimpressive. And Imanov is a guy who is finally starting to come into his own. He's starting to really uh, <clears throat> starting to really work that cardio, which has plagued him in the past. And he's nasty. He's got good stand-up. His ground game, I wouldn't say his ground game is great, but I would say that his takedown defense is coming along. Like, this is a guy at 85 that's going to be really fun to watch. Uh, Edmund, you know, he's so young. I wouldn't mind seeing him leaving the UFC, if I'm being honest with you. Let him go to the regionals because he's so fucking young, 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 and let him <clears throat> let him knock a few heads around out down there, and then uh, come back to the UFC. But uh, if you if he stays in the UFC, let's let's give this guy some layups for crying out loud. Um, I don't know if the, how many layups there are in the UFC, but I know there's a few. <clears throat> All right, next up, Ian Gary versus Jordan Williams. First part of my parlay, Ian Gary gets a four, Jordan Williams gets a one. Listen. Jordan Williams, uh, he's nine and six, shouldn't be at 170, has a cardio issue, was a fun story on the contender series, had a good knockout over Robocop, but that was at 85. I think the, the cut to 70 is draining him. I know he's too small for 85. I just don't know what this guy has to figure it out. He put a thing on Instagram saying he might might lose his job, but he's always gonna come back. I like the positive attitude. <clears throat> Ian Gary, a guy that a lot of people want to fade, a lot of people want to hate him. Again, I'm I and I'll admit it. I love the new guys. When I see a new guy who hasn't fought in the UFC and he's got a following, and I look at his tape and he's actually good, and I get the googly eyes for him. I got the googly eyes for Ian Gary. I spoke about it on the podcast. He's he's arrogant, and that could be to a fault. It wasn't this night because I think they matched him up well. He definitely was losing in that first round, but. <clears throat> he was losing like, you know, say like, you know, it's like, it's a three round fight. So he lost the first round because he just wasn't doing anything. He was moving. He's kind of feeling it out. His nose was bleeding a little bit. Drew Williams landed a few good shots, but nothing crazy. And then was just trying to clinch him up. But I wasn't too concerned. I, I really wasn't. It wasn't like a domination by Drew Williams. Um, Ian Gary just really, I, you need to throw the right hand. His straight right hand is absolute fucking money. He didn't throw it the entire first round. So, uh, that's going to help when you throw it and you land it and you knock him out. It was a clean counter shot. Uh, great vision on this kid. Big, long-rangey kid. I love this post-fight. His post-fight was very reminiscent to another Irishman. Um, this kid's good. He's really good. I, You know, he golfed 18 holes in the morning. He asked DC to go. That came out. You know, they said it on the broadcast, and that came out on Twitter uh, a couple hours before the fight. I had already placed my bets. That made me nervous, right? I know you're young. You're 23, 24, whatever you are. You're confident, but fuck, dude, that is, that's nuts, right? That could have been, that could have been uh, not so great, right? Let's maybe let's not do that again. Maybe someone in this camp just have not do that again. But again, we'll see how they match him up with Ford. Ford. I like Ian Gary. He's not one of my guys right now. I was confident and made him my mortal lock. And I bet him in the parlay because of the matchup going forward at 170 depending who he fights you know it's going to be you know a, a lot could be a lot harder of a road um but i do think he's good a lot of people are like he's not so special he's not as good as everyone says he's eight no you know give him some time you know what i mean he could be let's let that shit on the guy right away he's got a big herp on his mouth you know what i mean he's got to clean that up get some valve tracks or whatever before we before we move forward but yeah get rid of the hurt man uh, Chris Barnett versus John Vellante. I hated this fight. I hated it so much. Uh, Barnett gets a three. Vellante gets a, a zero. Um, listen, I know everyone loved the knockout and Barnett with the wheel kick and then finish Vellante on the ground. And it's funny. Fat guy dance, fat guy flip, flap guy kick, you know, but you know, this is, I know everyone loves it. And Chris Barnett has a, a great personality. I don't want to shit on him a little bit, but you know, it's like, it was just two fat guys fighting. Unfortunately, I think Chris Barnett's a, a tremendous athlete. John Vellante is just a complete fat scrub. The only reason he was on this card retirement fight was because he's friends with Dana White. It was in New York. 
The guys, you know, I think he has to have a full-time job outside of this. It was embarrassing that they let him fight the way he did. Uh, couldn't believe he passed his medicals. But, you know, when when ESPN and other people who aren't into the sport are replaying this knockout with the front flip and stuff, it's just, you know, to me, it's like, eh, it, it, it's fun, but it, it doesn't help, like, the sport. You know what I mean? It might be into, it might be not fun. Is this the not fun Brian coming out? I just, I hated it. It was a toilet bowl fight. Just, you know, just don't need it. Justin Jacoby versus John Allen. Jacoby just completely dominated. He gets a four. Allen gets a one. Um, The reason he gets a four is because he looked fucking clean in this fight. Busted John Allen up. John Allen is not an elite guy, but Justin Jacoby went out there. God, there's that fucking name again. I can't say it. He went out there and did what he was supposed to do and looked crisp striking. Took this fight on really short notice. This is a guy at 205. That's interesting, right? He's had some cardio issues. It looks like he cleaned those up. His striking is like kickboxing level good. Um, his ground game is obviously be a question mark, but if this guy stays in shape and, and keeps winning like this, he's somebody to look at at 205. He's like a dark horse. I can't believe I'm saying that about Justin, uh, fuck, Justin Jacoby, but I am. I, I think he could really sneak out at 205 and start giving some real, I know it's John Allen. I don't want to fucking get, get crazy here, but you know, his striking is, is is good. I like to see him. Maybe Johnny Walker would be a fun fight. There's there's some fun fights out there for him. Uh, Melsic Boxasarian versus Bruno Souza. Bruno Souza is getting a lot of hate from people, probably because they were like his underdog here. Um, I thought Melsic fought three. Bruno got a two. Very forgettable fight. Melsic usually a big knockout puncher. Bruno kind of ran from this fight. Uh, not much to say. Odie Osborne versus CJ Vergara. Very close fight. I actually thought Vergara won this fight. Um, they both get a two on my book. I know I had Vergara. I picked him. I didn't bet him as an underdog, but uh, fuck me, right? I thought Vergara won that fight. Uh, Ode Osborne looked clean in there. Cigara, Cigara. Uh, Vergara looked uh, fucking, um, um, what was it? Uh, violent. All right, so that's UFC 268. Remember, I'm the champ now, okay? I call the shots. <laughs> so Tim and Christian champs here all right before we get that was that was stupid i should cut that <laughs> uh before we go let's look at the pay or uh, the pay-per-view the fight this weekend the fights this weekend they stink uh i mean there's i mean there's some good okay fights i won i'm up some money and i'm trying to build that bankroll up a couple like a month ago i told you guys i'm building the bankroll's getting fat the bankroll's getting up there this is normally in the past where i would start taking some out buying some stuff you know but you know whatever I'm, I'm keeping it in there but i'm looking at spots um the main event's great because we got Max for say a year. Two high level guys. I love Max in that spot. Uh, Rothwell versus DeLima is probably one of the worst co main events ever. Uh, Roger DeLima stinks. Ben Rothwell, I know he's a legend, but you know, he fucking stinks. I mean, he's fucking moves in slow motion, right? Was, his blood is like molasses. Like, what's wrong with the guy? Felicia Spencer versus Leah Letson. I don't know Leah all that much. Felicia Spencer's a girl at 145 that they're trying to push. Roma Delete Savers Kyle Dawkins. That fight got put together recently. Actually, really like that fight. Dawkins was supposed to fight Kevin Holland. That should be your co-main event right there. I think Kyle Dawkins and Roman Delita are going to have a fun scrap on the ground. Both like to get it there. Delita likes to throw power, but he's he's sloppy as fuck. And Dawkins is very clean, really straight shots, and, and they both are pretty good on the ground. That's going to be a fun fight. Yudong Song versus Julio Arce. That's a fun fight as well. Yudong Song, let's see if he can grease out another decision. Seems like all that's what all that guy does. Tiago Moises, uh, Joe Alvarez, love that fight. Grapplers delight. Um, I was high on Alvarez at one point. Then I wasn't high on him. He doesn't fight often. Tiago Moises coming out the loss over Islam. Maybe he learned from that because he fought you know, one of the best in the division. That's a fun fight. Cynthia Cavio versus Andrew Lee. I see that being a scrap. Both girls are very scrappy and durable. Cynthia Cavio coming off an embarrassing loss. Um, to, uh, you know, she got knocked out. But, uh, you know, Angel Lee, they're both going to just scramble on the ground. It's going to be a mad dash in the feet. Probably not the most high-level technical fight, but it's going to be fun. Miguel Baeza was Chaos Williams. I love that technique versus power. What's going to hold up there? Um, Chaos Williams let the world on fire when he came to the UFC. Big, big power. Baeza has shown to have a little bit of chin issues. You know, he does get rocked. He does get hurt. Leg kicks are a thing of beauty. He slowed down the last time he fought. Uh, that's a fun fight. Sean Woodson versus Colin Anglin. Sean Woodson looks like Timbo a little bit. Uh, Colin Anglin, you know, durable, scrappy dude. That's a fun fight. Sean Woodson's a guy who was pretty high on my list for a while, but 
I feel like I haven't seen him in a little bit. Oh, Courtney Casey versus Liana Jojua. Yo, Jojua, what's going on? Uh, you know, uh, Courtney Casey is 99. Jojua is not very good, you know, but, you know, what? what it's going to be nice to look at. Uh, Mark DeKisi versus Rafael Alves. I love that fight, actually. Alves is a wild man. He's 19 and 10. Let's see if he can make weight. Mark DeKisi is, is a good striker. Kennedy and uh, Zukchukwu versus Dong Jun. Another fun fight as well. So this is just very kind of basic. I said the car stinks. I really think the, the co-main event should not be that. But, you know, fuck me, right? Um, but I'll have full pickums of that this weekend. Or this week. Full pickums, baby. Full pickums. All right, that's it. That's the show. Again, subscribe. MMA Takes Podcast on Apple Podcasts. Go rate and review. We're giving out winners. Slimeball is hot right now. People think it's just so easy. The hit parlays. It's not. Okay, but I'm hitting them. So MMA Takes Podcast on Twitter. I'm very active on Twitter, even though I think Instagram just started letting everyone do links now in their stories. So I think I'm going to give Instagram a try. I think I'm going to go hop on the old gram for all the little little teeny boppers, all these little fucking girls that prefer Instagram. And I'm talking about, when I say girls, I'm talking about guys that like Instagram over Twitter. Be a man. Like fucking Twitter. Uh, that's it. That's the show. Uh, let's go, Chris Curtis. Who? Who? Hey, pal, do me a favor and get her down off there. What do you say? I say let her dance. Escort this gentleman to the door. Do you see that shit? Yeah. Who is that guy? He's good. He's real good. The name is Dollar.